not mine, I'm afraid. This has been one of the most remarkable days of my life. Even in the morning, a number were led to embrace the Saviour. In the afternoon, a great blessing fell upon scores of young people. The crush was very great to get into the chapel. At seven o'clock, a surging mass filled the Christian temple with crowds unable to gain entrance. The Holy Spirit was indeed among the people. Numbers confessed Jesus, but it was impossible to count. This is a very short, amazing account. A little diary excerpt from a guy called Seth Joshua from 20th of November 1904. If I say 1904, some of you are going to know what country we're in at the moment, what nation? Wales, the Welsh Revival, which thankfully didn't happen yesterday. But, um, <laughs> but um, so 20th of November 1904, that was an account of one young guy involved in a Welsh Revival, just seeing God move in amazing, amazing ways. We would love to see that sort of thing going on, wouldn't we? Yeah. We would love to just see the way the kingdom of God moving just expand, accelerate, the power increase, and just the way uh, Jesus reaches and touches many, many people's lives and draws people to him, just everything exploding and moving forward. And that's our heart as a church. That's what we would love to see. And for that to happen, one of the things, obviously, we want to see people hearing about the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And we're starting a little two-part series today uh, looking at a passage where Paul the Apostle writes to a New Testament church encourages prayer for the gospel to go forward. So actually it's two sermons on prayer about how we can, if you like, get passionate and uh, faith-filled to pray and see the gospel go forward. So um, here is the, the passage. So I'm speaking this week, Paul's prayers, Colossians 4 verse 2 to 6, Paul Brown speaking next week. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So we're looking, I'm going to read the first bit again, because we're looking at the first half of this. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message. That Welsh revival, God seemed to have swung open doors for people to hear the message. It was amazing if you read stuff about the Welsh revival. So pray for us too that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ which I am in chains. So say Apostle Paul, a guy that wrote a lot of the New Testament, uh, wrote a lot of letters to different churches. He wrote this, and he wrote to a church in uh, Colossae, which is why it's called the Colossians. It's because it's to the Colossians, why it's called Colossians. And when he writes this, he's actually currently in prison, which you can see very clearly from this passage. He means that literally, that because of he has been telling people about Jesus, he's now in chains. So he's in prison, and he's um, heard that this church in Colossae is going really well. There's some things he wants to write to them about. And if you read the book of, uh, all the book of Colossians, there's various theological things and behavior things he wants to raise with them. Uh, and this is toward the end of the book, and he's just encouraging them, obviously, to pray. But um, he's in prison when he writes the letter. And he wants the church to pray for him. He says, pray for us too, him and the others that are with him, 
uh, whether they're in prison or just look, hanging around and helping feed him and stuff because you didn't get fed in prison in those days. You had to get people to provide food for you or else you were just going to die. It's pretty tough circumstances. And in that sense, it's really challenging. So if you were writing a letter to some people who you loved and they loved and you just wanted to encourage them in certain ways and you said, by the way, could you pray for me? Uh, could you pray that I get out of prison? You'd think, but Paul hasn't written that. He's written, pray that God may open a door for our message. He would rather see the gospel unfettered and free and moving forward than his own personal circumstances and comforts being free and unfettered. And straight away, I think it's an enormous challenge to us, isn't it? What are we more concerned about? Our own personal comfort and lifestyle or whether the gospel is really going forward and people are hearing about the good things that Jesus does in people's lives. What is our priority? Is that reflected in the way we live our life and the way we pray? Now, this could be, um, in some ways, a sort of a veiled request. Not veiled, but uh, underneath it could obviously be Paul's heart to uh, get out of prison, which no doubt he thought, because... In that sense, it may be God opening a door for the message is in fact freeing Paul so that he can go and speak to more people. But his ordering of his priorities are it is really about the gospel and secondly, maybe about me. And maybe God will answer that prayer in different ways. Maybe the way the gospel uh, is, uh, you know, God opens the door for the message is different. But, you know, that I could still be in prison in chains, but I can still speak to my guards and that God would open opportunity and message for them. His priority seems to be that actually uh, the gospel would be free, not him. I think it's an enormous challenge to us. He's obviously written, uh, first of all, introing it, that he wants uh, this church to be devoted to prayer. That's strong language. We want to be devoted to prayer, don't we? Watchful. It's a common word associated with prayer, sort of vigilant, aware that you're in spiritual battle. It's got uh, analogies to um, the sort of people in Old Testament times being on the watch, looking out for enemies approaching and stuff. Uh, and that's sort of watchful, being vigilant in prayer, watchful, spiritual battle, expectant for answers, thankful. All our praying should be thankful. No matter how tough the circumstances are in that we're praying, there's always reasons to give God thanks for what he's been doing. And with that background, he says, pray that God may open a door for a message. Don't worry so much about me. This is about the message of Jesus. We want it to go forward. Now, that metaphor of opening a door, you know, it's a very helpful one, I think. It's, very, it's, it's great in the, the picture of Paul. If, if the door is shut, you can't go forward. If it's in fr- something's in front of you, it's, it's a barrier, if you like. It's a blockage. You want the gospel to go forward, but you can't. The door's shut. And there are some doors which maybe only God can open. Paul was uh, about as good as anybody probably ever has been in history of getting, uh, being bold and preaching the gospel clearly. He prays, please proclaim, uh, pray for me that I may proclaim it clearly. Paul speak on that next week, or sorry, he requests prayer for it. Um, but he was probably about as good as anybody. Um, but before he's got to that point, he's still saying, Lord, I want God to open a door for the message. It's like if God doesn't open the door, there's going to be some things we just can't go through. We can't advance. We can't go from A to B. We can't see the church advance, the gospel message advance. We've got to pray 
that God opens doors so we can step forward in terms of what he's got for us. There's three passages I'd like us to, to look at in this where, in that sense, Paul's then looking back on situations he's been in which all speak about gospel advance and God opening doors. So this is one of Paul's letters, this first one again. But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me and there are many who oppose me. So it's like he's written, he's, he's in it at the moment, but he can perceive, even whilst there's opposition, that God has opened the door to make the gospel message move forward effectively. The work has been effective. Now, the second Corinthian letter, written later. Now, when I went to Troas to preach the gospel of Christ, he got there and he found that the Lord had opened the door for me. It was sunny. He could see the way things went for him in Troas, the way the gospel was received. Paul's thinking, Paul's thinking, yeah, God's opened the door for this. We're going forward, and he's expressed it in that language. And uh, this isn't actually, uh, so this is Paul speaking in a church gathering in the, the book of Acts, the church history book in the New Testament. They gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them. This is Paul and Barnabas, and how he, meaning God obviously, opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. They're almost reporting back, and they're looking back at the success they've seen of the gospel going forward, and how in their language they see God has opened the door. If God hadn't have opened the door these things wouldn't have happened. And no doubt, in many ways, not necessarily with those specific languages, people, Paul and others, had been praying, God, open that door. Open that door so that we can go forward. And we need to be praying that prayer, don't we? In one sense, this is a very simple message. We want to be praying for God to move in this area, for God to open doors so that the message about him can go forward. There's only so much we can do, if you like, under our own steam. And we want to pray that God would open, uh, open doors. Dave recently uh, came back, and I nick one of his stories, came back from uh, a trip in North Africa, a nation he'd not been to before, uh, where he spoke uh, five um, times, five different days, five different meetings. And at every single one of those meetings people responded to the gospel and got saved and gave their life to Jesus for the first time. And Dave was saying, I've never had that happen before. The whole atmosphere, if you like, the whole way God seems to have opened the door for the message in that nation is wider than what maybe we feel we're seeing at the moment. It's like the door swung open. And, it's, and the church, and that's able to step through it and move quickly in terms of seeing the kingdom advance. And maybe often we feel like the door's not open very much. And we want to keep praying, God, swing that door wide open. That it be an effective work. That it be a great opportunity. Uh, and that we would see, in that sense, many, many people reached and saved and respond to the good news of Jesus. You know, our heart as a church is to see that happen in different I mean, it's all over, but even the way we're shaping ourselves in different sort of areas, localities. And one of the things that God has built into us is, uh, is many of us and through our connect communities in which we feel a sense of ownership for the places where we live, for our neighbours, the community, the society around us. And we want to see those places transformed. We want to see them being different because the kingdom of God comes and brings hope and justice and love. And in that sense, we want our connect communities and groups to be praying for the area, for our friends and neighbours. God, open up a door. Swing open that door so that your work will advance. 
there's a direct quick plug for the meetings that are happening this week where I think many of the our three Connect communities will be, at least for briefly part of the meeting, they've got many plans, I'm sure, to pray this, to say, God, open the door in our area. And if you live in Rotherhither in Bermondsey and you're not involved in the Connect communities, then this is one place where we're working out, if you like, this prayer, this heart to God to pray together that God would open up a door. And so if you're in Rotherhithe, get to Time and Talents, or if you're in Bermondsey, whichever side, you kind of have you define East and West, it's quite loose, but um, either Cole or even our church building in Drummond as the, the Bermondsey West Group's kind of hunting for a new venue. Uh, but please go along to the meeting uh, in kind of your area. Maybe if you've been part of church for a while and you've never got to one yet, please get there, amongst other things, to be praying, to be praying for the area. And if you live further afield, we have three um, wonderful connect groups sort of that aren't quite yet connect communities. Please come and talk to me. I'll tell you about them. You can link up with them and, uh, and get involved in our midweek stuff where the heart of what we're doing is to see the gospel advance and we want to be praying uh, this prayer. Again, the analogy of the, the door, I think doors, it's not just sort of doors open so it's no longer a barrier, you can go forward. It's like it expresses opportunity, an invitation. As you open the door to someone, it's an invitation to come in. Something was closed off to you before and you say, come in, come in, you are welcome. I open the door for us. God opens doors to say, come in to my kingdom. You are welcome in there. The good news of Jesus is the greatest invitation we have ever received to know that God will forgive us our wrongdoing to love us with an unconditional love to give us hope now and in heaven to give us joy and you know and Peter was expressing earlier about how Jesus all that Jesus has done how we've avoided all his wrath and the punishment for our wrongdoing it is just the greatest invitation there is out there come to Jesus and many, many people, of course, don't know. It's like the door's closed up to them. They don't know that the, it, it's an invitation, an opportunity to step into all these things. And we've got friends and neighbours and family members that we want them to know it. We want them to accept the invitation and step in. And we want to pray that God would open the door so they can see, oh, it's an opportunity, invita- I can step into this. As a uh, one of friends that I, I know a bit from, I often go to the gym with him and stuff, been chatting to him a bit. Partly he knows what I do. Um, and you, you know, you talk about God, Christianity, church stuff, and you sort of I, I push questions a bit. And it's clear he's just not ready. He's not ready to accept that invitation. And there's no point sort of, you know, bashing him like that. It's that it, that's not very inviting. He's not ready in that sense. So what do I do? Give up? No, of course not. Keep sowing seed, and the sort of analogy of that, but in some ways to pray. I'm praying God open his heart. Open up the doors of his heart to the message so that the little seed sowing things that I do, (laughs) sort of stumbling along, that actually they'd be received so much more readily and actually would understand the greatness of the invitation to know Jesus and to receive forgiveness. One of the passages in Acts, as Paul was speaking, said uh, of a lady called Lydia, the Lord opened her heart to receive the message. We want to see it happen uh, for individuals, don't we? As we own our ears and pray that many, many people, it's like God opens their heart. And I'm sure you know plenty of people, loved ones, that you're praying for. You're already doing this. I encourage you, this prayer's here to encourage us to do it because that's exactly what God wants to do, to open people 
hearts up to the message so that they understand it and they accept that invitation and they'll step through into all that God has got for them. Of course, when he does that, we still need clarity to proclaim that message clearly, uh, which is the next prayer Paul requests, and Paul's going to speak to you about that next week. So, you know, how, how many times do you think somebody's asked you a question, there's a bit of an open door, and you feel like you fudged the answer and get it wrong. So we want to be clear as well, but we want to be praying that God would open up people's hearts. So, d- just a uh, uh, recap, it means that, uh, We've got a big heart as a church. We've got a big vision. We want to move forward. We, uh, you know, we've, we've got some money, which is great. Thank you for giving. We've got great people, uh, you guys. Hopefully you think the leaders are half decent as well. You know, and just there's so much we want to do and achieve for God. There's so much we'd love to see in terms of Jesus' name being made famous and uh, accept around here and people coming to know him. Yet, of course, you could use the language, we are incredibly limited, you might say, that unless God opens up certain doors, we will see very, very little happen. And if we want to see more than maybe what we've yet seen, and God's been so good to us, and it's great what he's doing among us, and we've got four baptisms on sun, uh, this Sunday... <laughs> tonight to be there it's just amazing what God is doing but we would love to see the door swung open more hadn't we wouldn't we and if we want to see that and we think our own resource in that sense are very limited then this passage very simply encourages us to pray it to be calling out to God to see in that sense revival come to see the kingdom of God extended in ways we've not yet seen and to believe for that to see it happen obviously uh, history, sort of church history and revival history, there's countless stories that have been amazing encouragement to us where you just read about the way God's kingdom seems to be moving forward so rapidly and so powerfully and it sort of sets your heart on fire Say, so we want to see that. And then you go, will we ever see that? We struggle with that in that sense. But here's one thing we can do. Pray that God would open the door. The wider, if you like, God swings the door open in individuals' hearts and on the sense of the, the, almost the spiritual atmosphere, the weight of the glory of God, you might say, around us. The more God opens it, the more we're going to see. I'd just like to finish with a, a couple more um, revival quotes just to hopefully stir up our appetite and get us thinking about this. So... At a prayer meeting in Ulster that was seven people on New Year's Day in 1958, and across that year it grew to about 50 people. And they were praying. They were praying for an outpouring upon themselves and the surrounding country. And this was the one great object and burden of their prayers. Different type of language were praying for God to open a door. Um, one little quote, we kept right on praying till the, pra- till the power came. They were passionate for it. And by the close of the following year in Ulster, in 1859, 100,000 people had been converted, had given their lives to Christ. Now, that was, there's something obviously totally mind-boggling and extraordinary there. And, of course, there's always a mystery, even as a mystery of the gospel, even a mystery of prayer and how God works. But they were praying for it, and that's what they saw. Slightly close to home, actually the dates are very similar, but slightly close to home and uh, and maybe closer to us in that sense. The revival that came to England in 1859, uh, particularly by the preaching of C.H. Spurgeon, can be traced back six years to the prayers of his congregation. Spurgeon himself commented, When I came to a new 
uh, New Park Street Chapel, when he was first there, it was a mere handful of people to whom I first preached, yet I could never forget how earnestly they prayed. And the, the quote went, oh, I've kept it very, very short, describing some of the prayer meetings they had. And even though they were really not, they weren't a big congregation at that time, they grew to being the biggest one in London. And I think people might have said Spurs and Church at one point could possibly have been the biggest church in the world, I think they might have said. But it was small, but they were praying and they met and encountered God in their prayer meetings and they're praying and praying and praying. And obviously our building in Drummond Road is, an, is a, a Spurgeon planted church, as it were. And there's, there's even a stone in it laid by C.H. Spurgeon. Some of our roots in history, even some of that prayer movement and all the other things that Spurgeon and his fellows did. And we want to see things like that happen again in London. Revival come here, spread to the world, many, many sort of congregations and church plants started. I mean, who knows what God would do? And we want to pray. We want to pray. Can I encourage you to be devoted to prayer and to work that out, not just in your own life, but also in the corporate life, to be devoted to church prayer meetings. There's always a variety on offer at different times, as it were. Please get to some of them, and let's be a, a church that is praying, praying all sorts of things, praying in the Spirit, but praying for God to open a door that the message may go forward. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Well, a good um, conclusion is probably that I should pray. So uh, let me do that. Jesus, uh, I do want to thank you for so, uh, such an amazing, for you being such an amazing God, Lord. I, I just, Lord, I was really touched when Pete shared earlier, Lord God. You are our hero, Lord Jesus. Lord, what you have rescued us from, what you have done in our lives is totally extraordinary and amazing. Lord, and, and we want to see that happen in many other people's lives. Lord, our friends, our neighbours, family members, loved ones, Jesus. What you have done for us, Lord, we want to see you do for them, Lord Jesus. Lord, and we pray that we will proclaim the message clearly, Lord. And, but we pray now, Lord God, open up hearts, Lord Jesus. Open up people, to the, open up the doors of people's hearts to your message, Lord. Open up our neighbourhoods, our communities, the society around us, Lord God. Change the spiritual atmosphere, Lord God. Pour out your spirit, Lord Jesus. Lord, we read accounts of revival, Lord, and some of the calling out that went to you and the way you answered. Lord, sometimes dramatically, sometimes quietly, but always with the gospel advancing, Lord. Lord, please stir our hearts to be prayerful, Lord God. Please help us, Lord Jesus. Lord, sometimes our hearts are burning for this, Lord, and other times we seem cold indifference, but Lord, we want to keep putting one foot in front of the other to pray, Lord Jesus. We believe you are the sovereign Lord. Lord, that a door that you open, no one can shut. Lord God, there are things that you open, Lord, that no one can affect, Lord Jesus. We pray for London. We pray for this area. We pray for City Hope. Open up doors, Lord God, that your kingdom would expand, that the message of the gospel would go forward. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.